show giggly and it's now <laughs> bled into actual show actual show giggly oh boy fun i have an Call earworm i have an earworm do you what guys remember mr belvedere yes it's on the channel never mattered yeah. before who cares yeah it's been in my head and i i don't quite know why i watched the show as a kid but i don't know why all of a sudden it just popped into my head that but, theme huh. song like doesn't it doesn't fit that show at it all it doesn't fit the show it's so at funny. all he's a butler it's and it's like bram, bram, da, da, da. it's just weird yeah, my, sometimes things get turned around and no one's there gorgeous it came yeah. on like after who's the boss yeah. I was not a who's the boss person. Get off this was. podcast. Oh, uh, Alyssa Milano Leave. may have been my first like crush. I think she was like, every male's first crush who's in their 30s. The Pango well, Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> Are you 30? Yeah. Yes. He's 25, actually, Pam. He's the youngest person in this pod. Mm. Oh, Topanga, sure. Um, we were repped by the same. Like from Boy you know, Meets World. Oh, yeah, Topanga. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about her for sure. We had we had the same. And Kelly Kapowski. And Kelly Kapowski. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're off to a hell of a start. It's a hell no, of a it's show. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great job, everybody. We're, we're kind of talking about things that are of a related to our first thing that we're going to be talking about. So I'm it's excited. True. Because... It, oh, it, it's an artificial segue. Yeah, it's, we'll yeah. talk about, we'll, we'll get into how that's related in a second because welcome to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater people made by three theater nerds from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. And each week we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights. But this week, yet again, we offer another bonus mini-series. After every fifth playwright, we do a bonus mini-series where we talk about movies or something uh, of or related to it. And, of course, this is part two, so we still have with us the amazing, the incredible, the phenomenal, the incomparable... Ken. Welcome back. Hey guys, I'm excited to be here again. How are you? Glad to have you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm you. good. I just had some water. I'm feeling refreshed and ready. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, we <laughs> we happily are starting this episode out with your pick. And when you told me this pick, and I think it was in a it was it was in person. We actually discussed mm -hmm. it. I was sort yeah. of, I was like, I would really like to discuss Greatest Showman. So if you choose it, awesome. If I choose it, awesome. But whatever, if you don't choose it, I'm going to choose it. And you were like, well, I'd like to choose High School Musical. Yeah. And my That's mind. That's basically how that conversation went. Blown. <laughs> <laughs> That's like so, pretty much how it went. So tell us why you chose it real quick, Pam. Well... High School Musical was a really, really big deal in my household back in 2005, 2006, whenever that, whenever that happened. Hot six. 
Yeah. Six, yeah. So I was living in New York in the shittiest apartment in Brooklyn where it rained inside the apartment. And <sighs> we had, um, there were four of us there. We all worked at this like tea house. That's not important. The important thing is that Lucas uh, Gabriel or Grabiel was staying with us for like a week at the apartment before High School Musical like came out. Uh, hmm. He was a really good friend of my friend Jacob Harvey. And Corbin Blue is also a really good friend of Jacob Harvey. So I would hang out with Corbin a lot too back in the day in New York City. Uh, both of them, lovely gentlemen. Corbin is literally like probably the nicest person on the planet. But we started watching it like ironically because we were definitely too old to be enjoying it the, on the level that we were enjoying it. So then mm -hmm. we started listening to the songs and like singing them as if we were like mocking it, but then we would just sing them for real in the bathroom and shower. <laughs> and we became obsessed with it knowing that we were too old for it, but we just, I mean, Kenny Ortega, who is the director and choreographer did Newsies and Newsies was also a really big deal in our household too. Same right. people, Jacob and Emily. And we mm -hmm. would act out Newsies. We would act out High School Musical. That was our life. <laughs> Love it. End of story. Yeah, hey CJ, why don't you break this one down for us? CJ's breakdown. I have two breakdowns for this. And number one is high school. And the second one is a prequel. <laughs> a prequel to Game of Thrones where you first meet Jamie and Cersei during their high school years. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it. That checks out. Yeah. Um, this movie was a really big deal for me. I was in high school when it came out. I remember it was a Friday night and I remember all day and all week that week we talked about it, the theater nerds uh, of my school. Um, it was 2006, so I was 15. I was about to turn 16. <laughs> and I remember talking about it on AOL, Instant Messenger. Um, AIM. AIM. I remember texting about it. Um, no, but it was we knew it was bad right like it was a made for tv it was a disney channel movie which were always a little bad but you still loved them smart house luck of the irish halloween town mm -hmm. uh brink this is the right? only disney channel movie i think i've ever seen oh wow <laughs> same here yeah so i just named a bunch of movies no. nobody knows. I mean, I no. that's why it was quiet siegel smart house right yeah, yeah i vaguely remember um, that one it's, you know, and they, they're all on Disney Plus and people, if you want just like bad, fun, good, nostalgic movies, go watch them. But uh, this was a bigger one because we were like, it's a musical. We love musicals. This is going to be so fun. We came to school the next day, you know, singing the songs. Uh, this was like pre YouTube ish. I, YouTube probably was a thing, but it wasn't like r you couldn't find the next day songs from the That's movie right. that just came mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. So I remember us all being like trying to remember the lyrics and trying to remember the the songs. And the next week they played like a sing along version or something. So we wow, catchy is all that. hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this was a this was a big one for but me. But you were also out. in the original like professional production of it, the very first professional production of it. Yeah, let's hear it, Paige. 
Okay. So <laughs> I was going to wait, but I think that's legit. Yeah, I appreciate it, Pam. Um, so actually, crazy enough, so they first released it to middle schools as High School Musical Junior. Okay. Hmm. It wasn't even high schools. It was like middle schools were allowed to do it. And it was sort of this like cut down version of it just to try it out. So I was actually a stage manager for that for a middle school production of it before I was even in the mm. professional production. But Music Theater Wichita is a magical little place where <laughs> Disney will sometimes try out new shows uh, to see if they're going to be viable. And they did it with a Stephen Schwartz show recently where he took the made-for-TV movie Geppetto starring Drew Carey and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, my God. Oh, All my right. God. Oh, my God. A terrible film. <laughs> he took that movie and made a musical out of it. I had a lot of friends in it. It was, they were great. Um, <laughs> um, but, it's like the uh, greatest showman where the cast is good. And yeah. it's like, I like everybody involved. Um, no, but it was, it was, uh, it was what it was. But they try things out there and uh, they decided to do the first ever high school musical professional production there. And I didn't even audition because I was like, there's no way I get in that. I'm a big dude. Like, they're not going to they're not going to cast me in that. So I didn't audition. But then uh, one night, which I have on film. I've uh, seen it. YouTube. We've seen it. We've seen it. Scott and CJ. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was uh, I probably shouldn't tell this part. I'm going to tell it. It tell was it. Like the first time I ever smoked weed. It was the same time. <gasps> So I weirdly have, yeah, I showed up at the basketball game. You son of a bitch. Yeah, um, I showed up at the basketball game and uh, they told us, hey, go get your uniforms. Because you've got to get your head in the game. Right. Ooh. Get your head in the game. No, they were actually saying, we're going to actually play drumline in the middle of the, at the intermission. (gasps) Halftime. Wow. No, that's, that's good. That's legit. Good work. Yeah. Good work. So at halftime, they wanted us to play the show that we had been working on to take the festival. So we went and got our uniforms. Mind you, I was high. It was very stupid. But I, I, I put on my uniform. I went out there and we performed it. And like the next week, our drumline conductor said, hey, so there was this guy there at that show and he was scouting drumlines to be the finale of High School Musical at Music Theater Wichita. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That would be so fun if they chose us. And they did. And we performed basically that exact show on stage as the finale we're during the big We're all in this together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we were also in, they threw us in every scene. So we were there sort of like as banging students? on the drums oh, I love as it. students. All day? Nice. And it was the most fun. Uh, I made so many friends in that process. It was starring as, um, what's the, Gabriella? Yeah. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Gabriella was played by Desi Oakley, who if you're like a real deep Broadway nerd, you will know her name. She has played, she was uh, wait- in Waitress. She was the lead in Waitress for the on the West End for a long time and on Broadway. She's hmm. done... Uh, Alphaba, she's done. She was, I think, one of the first Ariels in Little Mermaid. Wow. She's all over the place. She's wow. great. Yeah. Books like crazy. Uh, but she was Gabriella. She was, I think, like 17. A lot of really cool people in that production that went on to do kind of incredible things, especially me. 
Um, I'm that's just right. Uh, that's right. No, I was. I it was. It was a big deal to me at the time. Uh, and obviously, it went on to Broadway. It did a bunch of other things. Uh, and the next summer, we did High School Musical two, which I was not in. Back in the, the reckoning. Habit. Well, back in the habit. <laughs> <laughs> every sequel should just be called Back, back in the, in the habit. habit. Whether it's about nuns or not, it doesn't matter. Mother and daughter are still... pregnant together. <laughs> we we still need to do a nonsense. A bonus series. You know, we've got to because we brought it up before. I want to watch all the way because it's on Broadway HD. Wait. I want to watch. Mish- I want to watch Meshuggah Nuns. Oh, I was thinking. Nuns. Yeah. I want to watch Nuns on the Run. There's that's what I'm there's like on the six run. or something, isn't there? Yeah. Like seven or eight, and then there's, there's, a, yeah, bunch there's a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. It's, it's all a bunch of nonsense. Of nonsense. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. um, it's like Greater Tuna. Greater Tuna kind of came out. Do you guys right. know Greater Tuna? Greater Tuna Christmas. The greater Tuna Christmas. Fast yeah, and Furious. Re- Revenge of Greater. Tuna, you know, greater, greater too, tuna. too great, too tuna. Yeah. <laughs> um, greater tuna, yes. the revenge. <laughs> anyway, um, so I love this show in a lot of ways. It has a deep place in my heart, but I also rewatched it and was like, okay, you know, like it's stupid. It's very, it's not for us anymore. Um, it has spawned two sequels the third one which was Spawned. in Bond yeah no, that's appropriate that's the appropriate <laughs> no, word uh, the third one was actually in theaters and i went and saw it in theaters it was a big deal it's about graduation and then there's now a tv show there's a tv show called yeah. high school musical the musical the series, the series yeah <laughs> i watched an episode just cuz i was like oh, really? did your nose I'm start high. bleeding <laughs> uh, well, I have I I, uh, I had a diabetic kind of shock. Yeah. Sure. So sweet, too yeah. sugary. <laughs> so sweet. I have two friends involved in that show. Who one of whom, Frankie Rodriguez, who is one of the like leads on the show, is uh, is a friend, and he, um, uh, you know, I think his whole life has changed because of that show, and I'm sure it's absolutely amazing. But the concept is a little silly. It's a high school putting on high school musical, and there's a series about it. Sure, no, thank but it's you. not a documentary. Very meta. It's yeah, it's that's meta. The, it's, it's, you like Madame Bailey. It's sort of it's sort of guess, conceptually brilliant. It's conceptually brilliant. Like, it's like I'm in Wes it. I'm Craven's in it. new nightmare, the musical. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Because this, because watching watching this, which I didn't do, and I had never seen it until two weeks. I'm so ago, sorry. So sorry. No, no, I. You know, it's funny because my roommate Brian Krasner, friend of the pod. Love uh, Brian. Hi, Brian. Kras. And he's uh, he'll he'll, he'll watch most anything with me. On the day I had to was like, oh, I should watch it. He was like, uh, I could see him kind of pause, and I'm like, I'll watch it in my room. It's cool. It's cool, bro. You don't have to watch it. So he did not watch it with me. But what a mistake! Uh, Biggest mistake. He of came his in life. your room. I, I, I think he would have enjoyed it. It. <laughs> I, it was, um, it was something else. It was something else to watch. And my question is, as you brought it up, like it, it, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me when it first came out. Who is it for? It's not for high school kids. It's definitely it's for middle yeah. school kids. It's middle school kids, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's for it's for anyone up until high school. I would say, like, like oh well, lower schoolers. Like, like this is. I don't even think seventh and eighth graders like this. <laughs> they do. I'm telling do they? you. Yeah. Okay. This was a, it was well, because the idea school. is like 
Right, because the idea is like, that's what's next. Did you like, guys that's... know the original script was actually going to be like Grease 3 and it was going to be about Danny Whoa. and Sandy's kids? Oh. Ah. So and Grease is so good to start with. Well, it's yeah. basically Grease, but instead of Grease. changing who you are for the person you love, it's like, no, we both get to be what we love and be together. I've heard, yeah. I've heard a feminist take on Greece that I love that changed my perspective of it and this is probably bullshit and the movie doesn't hold this up the musical does a little better the most the most recent version of the musical um is that it's not actually about changing it for Danny it's about standing up to her parents and to authority and to the idea of fitting into a box that she knew she actually didn't fit into and the movie doesn't support that as well because Olivia Newton-John is so angelic for lack of a better word right but there is a version of the show that i feel like could support that they and could that have was, used that one more to me. scene with her and her parents just one scene just Any one scene. <laughs> scene yeah just one scene the, the, the movie is is it's is its, it's, own it's thing. its own thing i like grease too grease too i've seen that many times i don't like to use the word flawless a lot but <laughs> <laughs> But it Grace might it, it might be might Michelle be. Pfeiffer's finest work. It, it might, might be, be. Her production. No, I'm no, telling no. you that no. those songs, that vibe, the new Pink Lady jackets, <laughs> it's all working. Let's do it for our country. That rape oh song. My God. <laughs> the, the rape song. It's a rape song. Jesus well, Christ. Well, now we have to put a, a a thing before the whole episode. Explicit. Here's the thing. <laughs> I want to rewind a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Got. Michelle Pfeiffer's best work? I think, I think I'm, White I'm Oleander. being facetious, my friend. I think White Oleander is okay. the best No, work. no, no, absolutely not. I don't mean that, no. God, no. I think her Although best I work did, is Although I did Grease 2. Oh, well, yeah. I, I do like Grease 2. You know, I saw Grease 2 when I was a little, little kid in the theater um, on, like, this great summer night, and, like, there was hot dogs, and we went, to, and we ended up watching Grease 2 at the end. And I'd been a huge Grease fan at that point and, when I was a kid. And High School Musical does feel like a modernized Grease. It feels, because it's this sort of, the first thing that happens is they meet up and this kind of clandestine thing happened. And they're like, whoa, Over we had break. this, this yeah. crazy. And then oh. the next day that we see them, they're at the same school. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. God, me? And that's very Danny Sandy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And it's from the beginning kind of set up that way. Yeah. But Grease does not have powerhouse numbers like Wildcats in the house. Or Come on. Stick to the Let status quo. Well. Come on. There, there are a few. <laughs> what, Bailey is revealing stick, a shirt that says don't, don't stick, stick to, to the status quo. Don't. Don't. Yeah, this was the shirt that they gave us at the end of the of the production. Uh, it was what they were selling outside. I've never, you've never seen so many tables of merch. Oh, I imagine. As you did at a high school <laughs> musical production. Yeah. Um. But in talking about, I'm sorry, Siege, you were about, you, you were opening your mouth and I jumped in. Oh my God. I, I was just going to say, I, I um, saw, I have never seen this myself. This was my first time watching it. And I actually watched it twice. I watched it one night and then I watched it the morning after. 2006 was the year I graduated from college. So this was completely out of my radar. But I remember having a cousin, my cousin Lisa, who's insufferable. She loves, she loved the movie. I remembered that about her. 
But also, I was a total Nickelodeon kid, so I missed all the Disney, unless it was like the Disney blockbuster in the summertime. Mm. I completely, completely missed this movie. But well, you I missed Disney Channel in general because Disney Channel didn't really become a thing until like 2000, 2001. Well, I feel like when I was a kid in the 90s and stuff, I felt like they were starting to put out TV shows and stuff. And weren't they in, in response to like Nicktoons and all of that stuff? Yeah. Because Nickelodeon was huge. And then, I mean, but it wasn't, huge, you couldn't but... actually, it wasn't on basic cable. You had to add it. Yeah. So it was and we always had Disney. I mean, we, yeah. we had like 35 channels and Disney was channel 21. I remember that. <laughs> we didn't have Disney. We didn't have the mains. <laughs> Yeah, right. I didn't have cable until I was in high school. So it was also a big deal for me all of a sudden to have Nickelodeon. Yeah, and, you know. yeah that was right. a big yeah. deal. But the thing, so the high school musical, like the, the songs are catchy as all F, right? They're great. But there is yeah. one main reason this movie was probably like, I think it was the highest grossing Disney uh, made for TV movie ever. It was huge. Um, well, it was yeah. the biggest, like, in terms of, like, what it went on to do. There was an onstage version that was the actual cast. Right. There was a concert version. But the third, the High School Musical 3, I think, has, like, a box office record for Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. But the one <laughs> thing we're wow. not, we're not see, yeah. highlighting here is the reason why this movie was such a huge hit, and that is Zac Efron. Zach sure. Efron was who, who a discovery, even sing, right? not in the first one, a little bit in the okay. first one, but it was Andrew right. Seeley, Drew Seeley, who does his singing voice. But then you notice a big difference in the soundtracks because in two and three, it's it's Efron who can sing. Right. He just couldn't mm -hmm. quite hit. I think it was like breaking free. He couldn't quite get up there. <laughs> so they had Seeley do it. And Seeley's done a bunch of Disney voice voiceover work. Um, but Zach Efron, like, what a, a revolutionary casting. Like, whoever cast him in this was a genius. There are these moments in even that crappy movie where he is just <laughs> on another level as a performer, as a comedian. Like, del little deliveries he gives. You're just like, like, if you've ever seen the movie 17 again, which all of you should, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. So I underrated. just rewatched it last week. So underrated. We he gives a performance that's just like you see DiCaprio status like potential in this kid. Well, what I, he does I, so perfectly in that movie is he is exactly Matthew. Yeah. Perry. Yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> mind boggling because it's so a talented. It's, it's one of those. Oh, no, I'm in my old body. Yeah. Uh, from when I was a kid well, movies. But he like embodies Matthew Perry perfectly. Mm. That movie's weirdly awesome. Yeah, I rewatched it. I've been watching Reno 911. And Dangle, Thomas Lennon. I also feel like there's been this big thing because I, f I feel like for a long time, all of the Disney kids, the Disney actors that had their own TV shows and stuff, it was this big joke that it was like they were all corny, cheesy, terrible actors. And now you see all of them coming out now. And I, I darn it, can't think of his fucking name right now but it was the guy that played jeffrey dahmer in the kid from you know, zach and cody or something like that wasn't he on disney channel and some show? he was a dis and then another another one of the disney kids just did the ted bundy thing and i feel like and zach zach efron i feel like is another one he did ted he was been ted coming bundy. yeah he was no it was bundy. another guy it was another it was guy the, on the netflix show me and my friend dahmer 
Right, um, but there was a Ted Bundy show on Netflix that Zach yes, yeah. right, and I feel like a lot of them have been coming out and trying to say like, no, we're these serious hardcore actors, and that's been very interesting to watch. He like he charmed me like, yeah. I, and, and honestly, but honestly, the rest of the cast is just awful. <laughs> like <laughs> like everybody, the adults are awful. The adults are are awful yeah. drama the, teacher is insulting i was gonna say i was gonna say that like that's my my only big criticism of it and is that i do feel like it's pretty disparaging to theater kids and the theater teacher was just ridiculous yes um but it it doesn't show them in a good light but then at the on the flip side of it uh i'm also mad at the end at how greedy that they are Troy and and, and Gabriella because they get they get everything they get yeah. to have everything and they take away the one thing that those the theater kids had you know they probably have their own neuroses and uh, you know psychological Jamie issues and as Cersei. well but yeah and <laughs> so th- that was my, that's that was my only criticism otherwise like it it is it's 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 Disney so it's charming so. Zachary Davis Brown was Jeffrey Dahmer, by the way. But I would have to argue that they take anything away from anyone. It's kind of an incredible message compared to Greece, which was very much like give up the thing you love to please someone else. And in High School Musical, she gets to be the scientist. He gets to be the basketball player and they get to do the show and they prove to their friends that it's not lame. And I think that's right. the the message at the end. No, no, yeah. I, I and and overall that that message is is great. I just that was my only criticism. Can we talk about Purple Hat Guy? Purple, Purple Hat Guy is this guy is an extra in the scene on the balcony right after they meet, and he turns around and she's gone. There's a bunch of people watching fireworks because it's New Year's, and right over Zac Efron's left shoulder is Purple Hat Guy. He's a dude just wearing a purple hat and he is living it. He is watching those fireworks with everything he has. So I have a whole like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that just shows him and that he's tripping acid and that the the night goes on and then he, he goes through all these misadventures and then he finally shows up during the basketball game at the end and and you have purple hat guy's story which nobody was is... excited that he also went to the school that they all met at winter break and purple hat guy like I, I don't even know if he, like, <laughs> I think maybe, maybe he goes to the rival whatever school they're playing. Oh. let's the make way, a rosencrantz and guildenstern movie out of purple hat guy purple, i do like <laughs> what I was he doing it. all this time i want to write it like purple hat guy needs a story that'll be yeah, the name of it. I, I uh, here's he, some cool uh, trivia uh since <gasps> yes talking about its success um it's it was Disney Channel's most successful movie at the time with 7.7 million viewers at the premiere mm, in the shit. premiere which I was one of them uh, <laughs> but Cheetah Girls 2 took that over the same oh. year mm. okay 8.3 million but currently High School Musical 2 still holds the record for 17.2 wow. million wow on its premiere which on its was premiere. A, massive flop which like, shows what a it. cult hit high school musical became that it right. brought in the oh, audience yeah. for the second one after the fact this well, was also one of the first five films offered on the itunes store to be purchased wow, wow. that's, that's, that's history. 
History. I, I will also give this my Les Mis movie stamp of approval, where it's like, if this brings people into musical theater and thus theater, I'm down for it. Sure. I loved Phantom of the Opera when I was 12 years old. It made me get into way more stuff too. So, <laughs> well, we should we should say that this sets up the ability for something like Glee to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So, you can actually mm -hmm. kind of chart it. It's crazy. It's like High School Musical comes out and then within 3 years, Glee Ryan Murphy puts out Glee and it sweeps high schools across the nation because yeah. mm -hmm. it feels more like high school musical for high school. Right. Dirt under the fingernails mm -hmm. and some, you know, and more sexuality drama. and yeah. And it didn't it. pull any punches. It's very, it's it, on rewatch. It's not woke at all, but it also was creating huge conversations mm -hmm. that people weren't really having yet. And it sets this kind of incredible like journey of where we see now, like I see now with the kids I teach, some of these kids are actually considered the more quote unquote popular kids or like it kids mm -hmm. because they do theater yeah. or because mm -hmm. they do musical right. theater. Okay. That was not okay. how it not was when case. any of us nope. were kids. Nope, yeah. not for like my school for sure. Something like High School Musical or Glee or whatever and then you know, and then you get Rent the movie, and then you get, which was a huge hit for a lot of high schoolers and college students. Sure. You get all these made for, t or I mean, um, these new movies that are coming out that are musicals, movie musicals, La La Land, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Musicals are back, in a, and Hamilton, obviously. Right. Mixing that with, with hip hop just blew up. Uh, in a in a hundred different ways, and all these live shows that they're doing with Grease yeah. Live, where Vanessa Hudgens played yeah. Rizzo, you know, it's cool again. Let's. Why don't we talk cast a little bit? Because it is interesting where some of these people have ended up. Um, Zach Efron specifically has a really interesting career. I know we've all been kind of following along with him just because he's an interesting figure. But like, I think I've brought this up. I think I brought this up on the August Wilson pod. But there's this film that Lee Daniels directed. Called oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With uh, Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman, right? Yeah. And uh, John Cusack gives the sweatiest, weirdest <laughs> performance you've ever seen in your life. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is full McConaughey in it. And this is right before the McConaissance. So he, it was before Mud and Lincoln Lawyer yeah. um, and True Detective and stuff. And it's, it's, profoundly good i love it it's really weird and it has like 20 percent on rotten tomatoes which is like my sweet spot and it's just <laughs> it's really good i highly recommend it to everybody it was the first time i saw zach efron like i was like oh chops this kid mm -hmm. has chops yeah it was the first time because i I don't see it in High School Musical personally. I, I watch mean, it and I go, you know this what dude has it? so much to learn, but you can see the raw ability. Do you know what there. scene it was in High School Musical that that charmed me where I where I saw it? It's where he goes to her house and he has the exchange with the mother, and he's clearly trying to you know sweet talk her. But he's also mm. utterly sincere and utterly charming and polite. Like it, you can see that the, th the the thought process was, I have to put on my best manners. I have to do this, and and I was just like, he's he he's utterly charming. He's got I, something. I get it. I he's get it. it. Like I get it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna. This is Zac Efron day, if we're being honest. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> talk more about him in the next one. So 
another person I wanted to bring up is Vanessa Hudgens. Mm -hmm. So really interesting career. Again, just another movie that just blew me away. Spring Breakers. Have y'all seen Spring yeah. Breakers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't. I, for I forgot she was in that. This movie is not only it's Harmony Corinne, so it's you know it it's he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's uh, my favorite James Franco performance. He's it's great in it. No. Favorite Selena Gomez performance and only Selena Gomez thing I think I've ever seen. And Vanessa Hudgens is. I, she wins my best supporting actress that year. Oh, I for, I had forgotten about that. You might have yeah. changed my mind a little bit because I I just thought she was just dead eyed. She's in awful high school in high school. Oh, awful musical. in high school musical. Awful, yeah. awful. But when she awful. did Grease Live, and her father had died just before the day of or the day before she had to perform in Grease Live, her father died. And she went wow. out there and did Grease Live as Rizzo. And when she sang There Are Worse Things I Could Do, how mm. you did not just hysterically cry during that, that performance like was gripping. It was so as Rizzo, like Grease. Let's be straight up, that is the best that's the best live that has happened on TV. I think Greece, yeah, Greece was probably the best. They had one. that Jesse J opening that was really stellar. They had Boys to Men come out yeah. and be the. Well, I want to watch that now. It, no, it's good. It's, it's good. Like Sounds great. Aaron Tavet is but the. But her is specifically Danny. just. She freaking yeah. nails it. And I was shocked because of how terrible she is in High School Musical. I was like, what? <laughs> is this the same woman? Like, that's crazy. She went from being like the little girl blah, 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 to like, there are worse things. I like she was amazing. Right oh, on. I know. All, right. Okay. All right. All yeah. right. I'm a fan. Everyone should watch Spring Breakers. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else that we want to shout out? In I mean, Corbin Blue Corbin. obviously has all the energy on the planet in this so movie. So lovely. Um, the cho the choreography, uh, Kenny which Ortega. I think Kenny Ortega my did, favorite. right? And he my did, favorite part. Like we said, Newsies, Newsies, that the choreography of Newsies the movie alone yeah. makes that movie a like yeah. instant. And and the way it's classic. shot too, yeah. it's shot in such a class. Like it looks like it looks like Oliver. It's got that same yeah. sort of aesthetic, right. that deep, rich, full you know seventy millimeter wide shot oh i loved it i love it i just kept marveling at like the choreography was my favorite part of this movie and i i'm i'm not as uh talented or have worked as much as kenny ortega but i got to tell you it is really fucking hard to get a lot to get three people to do the same move at the same time <laughs> <laughs> or on rhythm it's hard and like they were they were scratching all of my itches. There were ripples. There were there were multiple parts. It was just so, that's what I loved the most about the show. Anytime there was a musical number, I was like, I can't wait to see how they're going to dance in yeah. this. Another phenomenal choreography done by Kenny Ortega is, no, I mean, no matter your feelings, this documentary is, is actually good. The this Is It, Michael Jackson documentary, mm -hmm. um, which is his final tour or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Kenny Ortega directs that but he also it was directing that tour and so you see him like really working with dancers 
Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Like yeah. he's just he's got the brain, you know, he just gets it and he understands it and it it's it's incredible. They love working mm. with him. He's great with kids too. He's been working with people of all ages his whole career, but you know, with newsies and high school musical, you know, he's got he knows how to work with talented kids. Yeah. Right. Can we talk about the dad real quick? Papa Bolton. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm gonna slap you so super hard. Like, Is that the the basketball coach? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. First of all, like how played did, by Bart Johnson. First of all, how does he afford that house on a high school <laughs> well, basketball coach? What about the wife, Scott? There? The wife is but I don't. But we never see. That's entirely true. But we don't ever meet her. We never see her. But that's it's a Disney problem in every Disney. It's, yeah. It where is. Where I go, how do they afford them? <laughs> but my my brain my brain went like dark like there's the scene where uh he comes in he's like i wish i could suit up and go out there with you and zach efron's like oh you had your chance dad and i just wanted him to like break down in a monologue i am obsessed he almost with had a duet nice. he and Darby, oh, really? he and the theater teacher almost had a duet and then it got <sighs> cut oof you know Thank you better you. win this Thank game or i will hang it. myself <laughs> naked from hang myself naked in your beautiful what? multi-million dollar cafeteria where you just had that musical number it's just like well i looked it up they they filmed this entire thing at some random huge beautiful high school in utah that's right and then my only other thing that i'd like to mention is like why are we so focused on this brother and sister playing the romantic leads in this show because <laughs> it's amazing but, and it's, it's what like, happens so literally like, it what happens in every actual high school like for the arts like loxa i know there were brothers and sisters all over that place that were like oh, no, going oh, for no. romeo and juliet it's crazy. Oh, like why would you want to why would they want to they're the leads oh. they don't see it that way it's so funny um, but oh man <laughs> But yeah, I was just. There's like, definitely some uh, some uh, Game of Thrones vibes going yes, on. Yeah, yes, for sure. <laughs> They're so evil. Uh, <laughs> and do the writers know what a callback is? No. Like these <laughs> backdrops, well, costumes, and full lighting. Yeah, I know, right? I why are these for... kids like? Why are the kids allowed to come in and watch their audition, but like they couldn't watch the other audition? I'm just like I'm thinking from like an artistic director point of view. It's like, well. I certainly hope all you kids can show up for the actual production, no matter what happens with the casting. But <laughs> I think, unfortunately, it falls into the it's like because it's a Disney Channel movie, it falls into one of those categories where Disney already has this problem. But a Disney Channel movie with very little budget has a bigger problem, which is you could we could sit here and pick apart this thing for logic all day. Oh you know, yeah. Like it's it makes no sense. Like when you really think about it. But then I'm like, yeah, so do most musicals. It's yeah, so- no, no, you forgive it all because but it's like, you know, what what championship game is gonna happen at 3 30 on a Thursday? Right. It's just not gonna happen. The parents couldn't make it. Like they just wouldn't do it. The yeah, oh man. the other scene that massively cracked me up was the long cross that the drama teacher takes in the boys' locker room. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that would get her arrested and she would have to be on a sexual offender There's list There's a lot that. of things her and Papa Bolton do that are very questionable as far as uh, inappropriate. Her, up to see what else her name done. is Allison Reed. Reed, yeah. She was an Ad Astra. 
Yeah. There's a comment. Cheers. What are y'all's favorite songs? Um, I really liked Head in the Game and Stick to the Status Quo, and it was solely because I was so impressed by the choreography. Stick with the status quo. I, I I I had a smile on my face when it was done. I was like, right on, right on. I I dug it, and I dug the message of everything that was going on. I'll tell you what song was not my favorite. Uh-oh. It's funny when you find yourself. Is that the staircase song? Uh-huh. Okay. The, the Gabrielle's staircase. solo number. Gabrielle's solo number. No. I stick with the status quo. Is the harmonies, the message. It's great. And just the energy of 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 all the and, and all the faces and the body types and the voices that yeah. we see. I mean, that was the other thing I was like really struck with. Um, although I think it's a little homogenized, I did like all the the diversity and uh, in it. It was it was great. It was great coming from Disney, especially. I also love the message of stick to the status quo. That you should stick to the status quo and not be like. You know, don't don't break out of the bubble that you've put yourself in in high school. No, I I agree. I think that's the um, that's the one that really sticks in your craw. It's the thesis. It's the thesis of the piece. Yeah, sure. Um, But I also just love the ending. It's really fun. Dance. Uh, Yes, it it was another great dance number for sure. We're all in this together. COVID. All in this. Which is what it. Which is what it says on the back of my shirt. We need, right. that's great um i'll i'll reprint these and send them to you guys so you can have them um yes. no, but this was fun i'm glad we got to talk about it it's a nostalgic piece of history for me it is not something i think i would i'm sure i'll share it with my children when they're young sure but like besides that um it- there's there's far more there's far more crap out there for to show kids and <laughs> yeah i i mean that but i mean that like yeah, I would absolutely show my kids this. Like it, yeah. it, it's wholesome. It's there's it's no for them. There's no negative bullshit in it, so I'll take it. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you, B. I'm Good with time. you, Bailey. Um, so why don't we move on to the next one? Because the next one was my pick. Uh-huh. Uh, I was very excited to talk about this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The the pick that I picked, picked <laughs> the pick was the, pick. the greatest showman. Wow! Why did why did you pick it, Bailey? <laughs> All right, I'm putting on my brass knuckles. I'm ready for this. Let's go. Uh, no, I picked it. I picked it because I know that Pam has a lot of feelings about it. I picked it because I have a lot of feelings about it, and I knew you two hadn't seen it, and I wanted you to watch it. Mm-hmm. I also picked it because it even now. What is it? Two or three years later, mm-hmm. two thousand seventeen is when it came huge out. Huge on okay. TikTok. It's, it's still huge it's... on TikTok. Okay, yeah, really? yes, people. Well, so there's a trend of it on TikTok, which is a, a dance yeah, trend, I guess. Yeah, from now on, and we to, will from come now on. But out, outside of that, everywhere I see it, everywhere still, people still love the songs. I see people wearing fucking shirts that are Greatest Showman related, and I'm just like, wow, this is a massive hit that wasn't really a hit in a weird way like it made money but like it didn't open well and it sort of was the it was the cats thing where all of a sudden people started going and people started going it was opposite though cats was more for like i think 
uh, facetious reasons. Right. Whereas Great Great Showman, I think, really clicked with a lot of people and got a huge following, and it still has that following. So I think it's worth discussing. I think it'll bring people to the pod to listen to. Um, I would love for Pam to start kick us off. What are your thoughts on The Greatest Showman and why? I'm just really excited to be here on this very special day. Um, So here's my thoughts. I hate the book. I think the book is borderline trash. Like the script? The script, yeah. yeah. But I think Mm -hmm. that the performances and I think that the songs are on another level. The songs are simple yet beautiful they're so um poppy they're so catchy they're there you can hum the melody you can harmonize it's great the choreography is fine i don't really know enough about choreography to really have mm. an opinion on it but i know that 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 when we will come back home song was definitely uh interesting to watch and michelle williams i mean can we just for a second applaud her because the girl came from Dawson's Creek and I don't know if you guys know this but Dawson's Creek is my favorite show of all time and Michelle Williams on Dawson's Creek was not the Michelle Williams that we know and love today she is a completely like she's grown as a performer in ways that I can't quite comprehend it's almost like watching a different person when I go back and watch episodes of Dawson's Creek and she sings in this and her voice is beautiful and the songs are beautiful and Hugh Jackman well yes he does not have a pop singing voice no he is a classically trained musical theater almost borderline operatic voice but he tried so hard and I just want to hug him and pat him on the back and say Hugh you did great you did a great job your performance was great uh Zendaya I mean she is Mm. beautiful to look at and an amazing actress her scene crying over Zac Efron was very touching and heartwarming she's wonderful and that is what I want to say about it. I love that. Um, Pam, did you see the movie I Feel Pretty? I did, yes. Michelle Williams wins my Best Supporting Actress yeah. that year for that movie. She's she's so funny. She's on another level these, these years. It's crazy. Yeah. She's really great. We love Michelle Williams. Um, let's talk about her first, because there's a lot to say about this. Um, Scott, CJ, does Michelle Williams pass or fail for you in this movie? I just wondered what the hell she was doing, why she agreed to do it. And I think she's wasted her fucking time and talent on it. I mean, she's wasted in it. She, there's nothing for her in this. Like, I love her. I think she's brilliant. Yeah. But I, I, I don't understand why any of them signed on, honestly. <laughs> we'll talk more in depth. CJ, what do you think? I didn't even know it was her until somebody told me. That's because she's oh, really? a really good actress. I well, she I is. just she's she doesn't have a whole lot to do in it. She just kind of follows him around the whole time, and says, you it's also, fine that you don't have money or a job. It's fine that you also kind of can't. You also kind of can't ever tell who anybody ever is because of the amount of CGI happening yeah, all the CGI time. Yeah, CGI is the weird so filters. fucking CGI elephants. I, I, let's say uh, first things first. The directing of this is the shittiest part. Like, over the script, in my opinion. Like, the direction of this film from beginning to end is is quite bad. And part of that is is because Michael Gracie, this is his first film. 
he and Hugh Jackman hit it off at a uh, filming of a commercial. Oh, that's right. Like, nine years before Greatest Showman came out and became friends. And he <sighs> en- ended up sort of like... Now, since then, he's like produced some cool things like Rocket Man, which is great. Ooh, but ooh. he... He didn't direct it. Um, and he's also apparently directing the new Naruto movie hmm. coming out, which I don't know how I feel about mm. that. Um, but all that to say, uh, he wasn't he's not really much of a director. And what I went into this thinking was this either needs to be a thousand times better than Moulin Rouge hmm. or like on par with it at least. But like or I don't, I'm not going to like this. Oh, comparatively, I was, it's... I was already comparing them in my yeah. mind based on just the, the commercials, the previews, you know? Do you, I, do you I... all want to hear a breakdown on this, or is it oh. too late for that? CJ's breakdown. Lay Miz 2, Hugh Jackman wears a top hat again. And that's all I got because there wasn't much of a story to follow. It is about P.T. Barnum, right? No. It's not about P.T. Barnum, the historical figure, but it is overtly about Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum. Okay, and, I dig that. And never about who it... <sighs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Scott, you had something you were about to say. Go ahead. Mm. Oh, I just didn't know what this movie was about. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to get my kids out of tough luck town by using my moxie and my accent. And it's like, I, you know, I, I could go get a job and support my family, or I could exploit these poor, innocent people for my daughters. Like, I have you guys ever seen Freaks? Todd Browning's Freaks? Yeah. Do you know what I'm speaking one of us. One of us. Uh, it's a movie from the late 20s, early 30s. Um, it's described as a horror movie, but it was a movie where they used actual performers from from sideshows and, and circuses and all that. And um, at the end, the 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 evil you know circus barker who's been exploiting them, they take revenge on him by by chanting "One of us, one of us." Um, and it's disturbing to watch and upsetting to watch, you know, because people are getting exploited. But that's what I, I, it just doesn't have any edge at all. Like it doesn't do justice to any of these people. We don't get to know any of these people that he used to make his fortune and his that's money. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what. And then the other thing that just bugged me and CJ and I were texting about this after I <laughs> texted Bailey going, I'm going to slap you next time. I see, I see you for picking this. <laughs> um, but was just how insipid the lyrics were like everyone, like every, every song is dream, desire, fire, dream, desire, fire. Uh-huh. Like, um, so that's, that's kind of the big, the big take on the music that uh, obviously it's Pasek and Paul who, are geniuses they did great dogfight is one of my favorite uh musical soundtracks i listen to dogfight all the time they if if y'all don't know dogfight everybody go listen to dogfight it's just great um and that's sort of how they got their start and uh they did the music obviously for is it dear evan hansen right and they did the music for uh la la land uh most of it they didn't write every song but they did the the 
big amount of it. They are geniuses. There is no denying that. Unfortunately for this film, yeah, they wrote songs that are engineered for me to like them and not in the good way like South Park, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas with South Park, I'm like, they're following the formula so that so that it's mocking something. Mm -hmm. They're commenting on the formula. Right, but I'm also enjoying it because it's the formula. Right, right, right. Whereas with this one, outside of the story, I can listen to these songs all day. Yeah, every 100%. Day. I'll cry. Mm -hmm. I'll cry listening to these songs sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's because it has what you just said, Scott. It's, it is built to do that mm -hmm. to me. It is built to go by using terms like imagine dream i'm like yeah i'm a dreamer i'm a dreamer you know well, and, and they're all on the same level too like it's all the the energy that there's no quiet one there's no that's not all, true there's a i there's feel a like they're all, i feel like they're all just like on the same like trying to push my buttons well rather than tell a story but also it's because of that choice to make it pop Right, <laughs> pop inherently is gonna be in your face, bow, bow, bow. and dirty pop, baby, the baby can't stop. <laughs> I know you like this, um, <laughs> but so it's it's gonna it's gonna have a pulse, and it always will, and that's that's how it goes. But but back to sort of like the the, the people, the quote unquote, uh, the performers, the performers are called mm. freaks throughout the movie or wherever else, and. Where's that movie? Yeah. I would love to they, see that movie. They push so much of that aside. It's just Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. because and it's because we know why. It's because this was supposed to be a Hugh Jackman vehicle as his big sort of final musical moment of him being like, This is my my show. Oh, his I'm face. His face when he didn't win that Oscar is just oh, I know. gorgeous. There's <laughs> there. He he felt like he was this was his really oh yeah. yeah look it up it's so good it's, it's crazy so good. and and he talked about it before it came out he talked about it like this is the next big thing like he he just wow and and you can feel it in the movie that it is a movie for hugh jackman yeah. he didn't and do any research on pt barnum so the the so that's the <laughs> other problem so the other problem at hand that i just have to bring up is that first of all first of all before we get to pt barnum as a person mm-hmm there is a musical called Barnum, Barnum yeah. mm -hmm. that is very good. It's like Cy <laughs> Coleman and people. It's 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 very good. Um, I was in it in seventh grade. I played Barnum. It was really fun. Um, <laughs> and it's and I don't think if I hadn't done that, I would know a lot of this, actually. But that musical points at a lot of his issues as a human. It doesn't perfectly. He's still the hero of the of the musical, you know, but it does take a chance to be like, no, it was problematic. Uh, how he dealt with race. It was, in fact, they cut a whole entire character out of this. This woman named Joyce Heth, who mm -hmm. was uh, a slave that he bought, and he basically showed off as the quote-unquote oldest woman in the world, and she was George Washington's uh, nanny. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And things like that that get cut, and things like the fire being... Cause Let's just say it. P.T. Barnum was a horribly poor, uh, problematic figure, uh, a con man, and also a politician, and a what? lot of other things. Like he wasn't act like he had a museum, 
and then later had a, a show that sort of toured and then he found Jenny Lind and then he did tour with her. They make mm-hmm. this really big deal in this movie to be like, and he didn't go. He went back to Cherry and it was beautiful. No, he went, he went and he slept with her and there's a whole, it's like straight up true. So mm-hmm. it's like, there's a lot of things like that. But the worst, the worst part of this is the fire. The fire that happens at the museum, which, you know, in terms of the timeline, they don't really do it right. Cause all of that sort of happened in his like early twenties and things. Um, the, the fire, not only did hundreds of people, performers uh, and uh, acts die, but all of the animals, including an actual blue whale that had, he had had procured and brought it boiled alive in its tank. Jesus and Christ. the fact that they gloss over that is not even, it's way beyond the line of offensive almost because it's, I don't care how old something is or how long ago something is the amount of his performers that in this movie are called freaks that died because of his treatment of them before the fire and then in the fire, like that alone, it makes this movie, it, it tinges this movie with a weird irresponsibility mm-hmm. that makes it really hard for me to enjoy when I watch it. Now, I can watch Zac Efron and Zendaya on those fucking movies mm. all goddamn day. Mm-hmm. I would watch that but movie. But that's the thing. That's I mean, movie. the like I said, the book is bad. I don't like this movie. I do not like The Greatest Showman. What I love is the songs. They're on every single one of my Spotify playlists in different <laughs> themes. And, yeah. and oh, would you share, share your Spotify? 100%. I want to, I want to. I'm a mix maker. I'm a mix maker. And then, <laughs> and then the performances, you know, mm-hmm. by most of the people in the, in the film. I really, mm-hmm. those, that's it for me. It's those two things. Oh, and my favorite part of all of Greatest Showmen is when they were at like Cap 21 in New York City or uh, Shetler Studios, one of those like rehearsal spaces. And it's online, you can, you can YouTube it. And it's the pitch for the film. They all got together with musical theater people and Jeremy Jordan is singing Hugh Jackman's part because he had no surgery and couldn't sing. And they had this huge pitch to pitch this movie. And Hugh Jackman's there, but he doesn't sing until the very last number the from now on number and he gets up and he starts singing and the electricity in that room during that song in that rehearsal space pitching it uh, their heart and souls are in this thing it's better than the whole movie this like weird mm. little clip oh. of them pitching the movie is better than the movie and I'm, I'm an interesting part of that actually pam as trivia is that he had had that nose surgery, so it's actually why there's no live singing in this film. Mm, unlike Les Mis. <laughs> right, because they knew that they were going to have to record all of his stuff later. Yeah. But he does live sing the final song. On, yeah. And they said during filming, his nose kept gushing blood. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. Like, it's almost like he couldn't help himself. Like, yeah. in this video, yeah. you'll watch him, and it's beautiful. He's so kind. Everyone knows, everyone who's ever met Hugh Jackman who's worked with him, he's one of the kindest men. He's so down to earth. You can see him with these people being a part of this magic 
every single person in that room is just so inspired by what's going on. And it made me cry watching it. And I remember thinking the movie was shit, but this pitch of the movie was so mm-hmm. magical. That's it cool. was magical. Yeah. No wonder he went around saying this is going to be huge. Cause right. And I'll defend. Like Go ahead, Scott. I was just going to say in reference to Hugh Jackman, I think one of the, the challenges with, him for him and it's going to be a challenge for his the rest of his career is what is he 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 he's able been able to do so much and he's good at so much as he ages i wonder if he's going to be restricted if he'll spend more time on stage as opposed to you know he's not going to do wolverine anymore beyond Mm -hmm. he is actually (laughs) all right um but um but no i think you know because because like you look at like what was the prisoners which he's great at like i was gonna say i think he goes into more drama and then he's gonna do his disney movie once every five years i'm not worried about hugh jackman figuring out how he's gonna contribute to the arts well i'm not not worried about that but i think that, that that there's a series of conflicts that that all converge with this project mm-hmm. yeah if he had so much if he had so much stock put in it you know, was he not able to identify those problems because i think that if they would have gone really dark yeah. if they would have taken that and really pushed the limits of that it would have limited perhaps a family audience coming to see it and a good amount of those songs could have stayed and it was a good sure. amount of those songs could have stayed but you could have added even more i would have loved to have more seen, depth um more more depth and just more darkness and more of the voices of the of the more the, johnny depth more johnny depth um <laughs> no i agree with you um it's like why didn't they have what's her name uh rebecca Lynn. ferguson yeah who doesn't sing who correct? doesn't it's lauren sing. Not, lauren allred yeah well okay right. okay yeah. Um, why didn't they, I would love to have seen it break. And when you see, hear her sing that she would have sung a period song, if she would have actually sung one of her songs. An opera singer. Been, yeah. And it would have just <laughs> been this song. break from, you know. I, I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to defend the choice to make it a popra or a pop musical because I, I like that. I don't hate that. Moulin Rouge basically does the same thing. You know, oh, I, don't, I, I don't hate I, it either. I don't hate that. I think it's interesting, but like, fuck this like weird musical, excuse me, like music, MTV music video quality of the lip syncing that I can't, mm. I can't mm. like ever stop seeing Hugh Jackman lip syncing. I'm just like, oh, I see it too much. And same with like Tom Thumb, who his whole voice is, is, mm-hmm. uh, is weirdly you know, dubbed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and you're just like, that's hard to watch. It's distracting. But then it's distracting. And I, I kind of wish it was, I don't know. I, I, I don't like that part of it, but I do like sort of the, pop angle to this story if it had been a different story and it wasn't pt barnum and whatever i don't hate that but yes when we get to jenny lind the problem is that she's one of the most famous sopranos of all time Mm -hmm. and she sings a mezzo tops belt song which in pop music that's that is you know that's a high note i get i'm like with it but i wanted like I, I wanted the Emmy Rossum uh, Phantom of the Opera Think of Me ending or something with the like insane <laughs> whistle tones or just give me something. Yeah. Give me some Mariah Carey or, or something, but it does feel, especially if you're not going to have Rebecca Ferguson sing anyway, have her do a, a, a Fifth Element opera 
thing that is pop. This movie from beginning to end was not historically accurate. And that is just one of the examples of it not being historically accurate. Right. And if we want to take it away from historical accuracy, like completely, then to me, I'm like, why didn't they just change the name? It could have been anybody's name. Mm -hmm. Like it could have been why P.T. Barnum then? Yeah, it's it's not his story. It's Circus Maker, the musical Circus Maker. And Zac Efron, <laughs> we haven't talked about Zac Efron in this, which gives a gives solid. A, okay, I thought he was great, yeah, for solid. a character that's underwritten. But he is representing sort of like ten different people in Barnum's yeah, actual, yeah. including Bailey. Bailey, yeah, who he didn't meet till he was in his sixties. Hmm. So it's like this, you know. Forget history, but it's it's sort of like who is Zac Efron? But then I'm like very intrigued into he and zendaya's story Mm -hmm. and i'm i like that part of the movie so i there's this question that just keep keeps coming up when i watch it that's just why not just name him something else why does it have to be pt barnum it could have been anybody it's a good point and it gets back to because i think that that there's a movie here that it can be an indictment and an, an examination of the man who was a complicated, interesting person, CJ. I just have a really good quote I wanted to share when we got back mm-hmm. on this avenue. Sure. Uh, Benjamin Rice, author of The Showman and the Slave of Barnum, explained in an interview with Smithsonian.com, the story of his life that we choose to tell is in part the story that we choose to tell about American culture. We can choose to erase things or dance around touchy subjects and present a kind of feel-good story, or we can use it as an opportunity to look at very complex and troubling histories that our culture has been grappling with for centuries. Which was sort of the conversation around Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that like, is this irresponsible that Hamilton, this isn't historically accurate and actually he he was kind of problematic? And it's like, well, no, because they turned it on its head and they made they a story about something They committed to else. a style. This movie right. did not commit to, to that. Exactly. Yeah, great I'm all point. for great point, Pam. Yeah. Exactly. It's, and I'm all for that. I'm all for taking a, histor- a problematic historical figure and, and using it to tell a story of inclusion. This one just doesn't do it. And then the song, This Is Me, which is the best song, it, just to say, that's my favorite song, This Is Me, <laughs> is the best song in this show, in my opinion. And even the performance of it is so powerful. And every time I see like people doing it with like ASL on um, Britain's Got Talent, or I saw like, you know, on TikTok, you see a lot of people just like, just singing it who aren't like really singers and they're just like going all the way. And you're like, yeah, this song is an anthem for people, for a generation, and for a lot of, like, theater-minded people. But in the context of the movie, I don't. I haven't even met these people, really. I, right, I have no right. idea who they are. I really want to know that bearded lady. I want to know everything about her. Right. She's incredible. I want to know... The idea I had while watching it was, why didn't you start out with the bearded lady, start sure. telling her story, and then use her point of view to introduce him stuff like that that would have just given any of those characters and there were uh, characters those people in real life and we should say that there were hundreds uh, if not thousands over the certainly over the years thousands of of those performers that that appeared in in barnum's stuff right but just to, if we could have spent time with just three of them to really get to know three of them beyond oh they're gonna make fun of me no they're not we're all a happy family and i'm like i'm not buying that 
I also just oh, really wow. love the circus. I love the circus. I love the carnival. I love um, carnival. I love weird freak show kind of stuff. That's you know terrible term. Carnival is like, a great underrated show. It's a great show. I loved. I, weirdly, mm. I loved a lot of American Horror Story freak show, even though it had mm. it wasn't great. But it you know it's. I love that style. I love everything about it. And this doesn't even really hit that. Yeah. It doesn't really get there they either. They didn't know. It's almost like they they had a bunch of choices to make and they made the wrong ones. Like they could yeah. have, they, instead of A, they went to B and they should have done A, you know, for several right. things. I have and, one more take. So sorry, last take. And then no, I'm, no. And I'm done with this movie. No. <laughs> um, my last take actually is the open, the reason why this was dead in the water for me the first time I saw it in theaters. Cause Pam actually got me back onto it a bit with the music when I like ripped it to shreds to her. I was like, this is the worst fucking movie. I, this is the worst thing that's happened to musical theater and film in the last decade. I said that to her. I was like, I can't believe this exists. And I just yeah. nodded and smiled. okay no but you you sort of you sort of like stood up for the music though and i was like yeah i get it pascal paul but then you played me some of it again i was like yeah okay all right okay and i i got back onto it but the first time i saw it the reason why it was dead in the water is the opening right the whole first montage of me meeting barnum which this goes to what you were saying scott about why didn't we start with somebody else because Mm -hmm. it does it tries to do the exact same opening as the movie Pixar's up, mm-hmm. which mm. is where I watch him from a kid meet the woman he's going to marry and then go through an entire life of having struggles and whatever until they're that. older. We didn't need that. We didn't need that. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to see any of that. And so once I meet him, I go, Oh, you were that kid? Cool. You saw somebody who looked weird in the street one time and you gave them food. He gave them a loaf of I bread. Yeah, right, <laughs> which is hilarious and very Jean Valjean. Um, I don't, I, I, it's unsuccessful. And now we should say this, I watched this on Disney Plus. This is not a Disney movie. This mm-hmm. was a, uh, a Searchlight, Fox. Fox Searchlight film. And it's a 20th Fox. Century Fox. No, it's, oh, is it? it's, oh, wow. it's, it's all under the 20th Century Fox. And it got banner. bought, obviously, by Disney. So now it's on, uh, it's on Disney. But Disney did not make this movie. And I will say Disney would not have made this but movie. But you know what? Fox is like, oh, a white savior movie? We want it. To, yeah. <laughs> to Scott's point, like, now there's an opportunity for a P.T. Barnum story, I'm talking like five to 10 years to be told right. And if they had Mm -hmm. gone in that direction and did it wrong, it would be difficult. It would be difficult Mm -hmm. for everyone. But now we have an opportunity for the gritty, the awful, the the dark story to be told correctly eventually, you know? Pam, get in there. I'm working on it. (laughs) Yes, P.S. There is a sequel being worked on. Why? Oh, and what is it? What is that? What is that? It, him, it, him running for Senate? Blame is three. Grease three. <laughs> hey, oh, something I just came across while I was going through Zac Efron's bio was that actually, it, it, it's weird that it was in his trivia. Grease three, AKA High School Musical one, uh, <laughs> was actually originally going to be, it was supposed to be Britney and Justin. That's right. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I remember, All right. I remember when That's they fun. first, when news of that first kind of broke, 
yeah. on the internet and people 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 were excited about it potentially wow. yeah. i was so sad when they broke up <laughs> and and i feel like kenny ortega probably did a lot of in sync choreo oh yeah he did that no, sounds about yeah, right he was all over that stuff. we forgot to mention kenny ortega did hocus pocus yeah yes he did yes he yeah. did that beautiful choreography in hocus pocus I'm nothing else <laughs> <laughs> there is hey yeah, when i put a spell put on a you spell. yeah do it Ben. Um, do it. it it's um it's also one of the first notes i took while watching it was this dude wants to be baz lerman so bad, so bad. and then yes you had brought yes. up moulin rouge and it's it, it is a really interesting to watch and compare those two and why one works so well using mm -hmm. a juke jukebox musical format and why the other doesn't and that's i think because baz fills every moment with everything so like the scene between hugh jackman and zach when they their first meeting and they're they're at the bar the other side and they're doing they're doing the, this little thing with the shot glasses mm -hmm. and like i'm like baz lerman would have zipped the camera around you would have gone into the shot glass you would have zoomed it would have been there's so much <laughs> yep, activity yep. happening and then to back everything up is the utter sincerity. He didn't use any great voices in Moulin Rouge. Great voices, quote, end quote. Mm -hmm. um, but they're all so sincere. You know what I'm not. Ewan McGregor? Ewan? He's not, but he's not a Broadway voice. That's not a Broadway voice. It's sure. a good. It's I had someone make the joke that he looks like a Muppet trying to sing in Moulin Rouge. And now I don't. Sophia and Natalie, friends of the pod, uh, said that. And now I don't know that I'll ever be able to watch First that. First of all. But he's so, they are both so sincere. It's one of my favorite Nicole Kidman. And I. Think Nicole Kidman. Everyone in that movie looks like a Muppet. That's the whole point. That's right? like I, the whole point. I love the songs in that show, but like, yeah, I don't like Nicole Kidman singing, but I love I love all their no, no, I just like the Roxanne number is is killer. Roxanne. Oh man, I love that number. I mean, but I loved the Elton John song, your song. Harvey Firestein. Roxanne. All right, Roxanne. Put on the it's such eye. a sexy uh no I, scene, i'm with, though, with you. the dancing you're, you're and, totally but right i think you're that totally that's right. what it, because they're they're that's right they're in it as actors and this is you know it's it's why rex harrison was able to pull off a career doing where he can't sing the rain he literally in can't sing he's mainly in the plane the rain utterly rain sincere and playing main. the moment <laughs> playing the person and i didn't feel like there was ever any connection with any of these people other than the Zendaya moment. I would like for us to go, I believe it's Zendaya, by the way, everybody. So Sorry, check yourselves. Um, but I want you to know that, Zendaya. Um, I don't know that for sure. I'm she sure. did her own singing, right? She did, yes. yes. Okay, okay. Yes, she's phenomenal. Uh, I want to go around. I want to hear your favorite your favorite performance in this. I don't want to hear your least favorite. I just want to uh. hear your favorite. <laughs> and then I want to hear oh, your shit. favorite song. Uh, and then we'll, 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 we have to rank all four of these movies. So we got to get to it. So yes. let's go for it. Scott. Uh, my favorite performance in Greatest Showman? Yeah. Uh, oof, that's rough. Uh, I mean, I love Hugh in it. I mean, it's it's his movie. Uh, I can, Zendaya, Zendaya, what are we saying now? Now we got to look it up and find out. Got to look it up. I got to look it up. Um, uh, I think she's marvelous. Uh, Michelle Williams is always marvelous. Um, yeah, that's where... It was fine. I, it, there just wasn't a lot of great written performances to evaluate. Yeah, what's your favorite song? Oh, uh, this is me. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I just that was the Oscar nominated one, right? That's yeah. right. And yeah. won, no, I believe. It didn't. I gotta look up that Hugh Jackman. No, it won uh, to something kind of weird, right? Lost to something weird. I think Lost it was something weird. Uh I can't remember. I don't remember. 2017. Uh, uh, Zend- Zendaya and uh, Zac Efron. I just, seeing him in High School Musical in this one, I was like, all right, man, good work. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite song, I have to admit it, is The Other Side. I like that one too. I love the choreography in it. I think they're both great together. And yeah, I li- yeah. I just liked that song a lot. I could watch them all day. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Pam. Um, I'm not going to choose a performer because whatever, but I am going to choose my favorite song. And I think that um, Never Enough is just melodically gorgeous. And I love, as a singer, I I love singing that song in my car with the windows up. Um, (laughs) Um, I I really love Rebecca Ferguson Mm -hmm. in this. I think think she gets my best actress uh, in this. And then someone who's massively underwritten, but this was sort of the first thing I saw him in was Yaya Abdul-Mateen. He's Zendaya's brother and mm. in this, and the other trapeze artist. He's also Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen. Um, he's yeah. The he's just, he's incredible. Uh, but he's very underwritten. I think he has like six lines. Uh, but besides that, uh, This Is Me is my favorite. Now, uh, there's something we gotta do. Bailey loves ranking shit. That's right. I love ranking shit. So we're going to rank <laughs> these four movies. This is kind of weird. These four movies are really hard to pair against yeah, each other. Yeah, I had a hard time. I'm forcing you three to kill your darlings and and rank them from least to greatest. I want to hear your four, three, two, one. Let's start with the CD. This will probably change almost immediately, but fourth is Greatest Showman. Third is High School Musical. Second is Tommy. I want to give it some more watches, and I want to give The Who more time. And first is South Park. I can't not put that at one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Brian Bartano yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead, P. My list is exactly the same. Really? Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. What? Great Greatest Showman is your least favorite? Of the four. Not High School Musical? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, of the four. I figured you'd put High School Musical last. Well, it's honestly, the book is so bad in Showman that I'm like, at least in yeah. High School Musical, they're trying to send a good message at the end of it. Like, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I went yeah. for the four and three. I get you. Soundtrack wise, greatest Showman. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Um, I will say, I, I will give the songs, I, I will snap the songs <laughs> another listen. Per Pam's. Thank uh, you. I will. I will. Um, my rankings. Um, I'm going to go with Greatest Showman. Uh, I'm going to go with High School Musical. I'm going to go with South Park. And then I'm going to go with Tommy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so mad. I'm sorry. I'm I, love, I, love, I love them both. Bage? Um. Yeah. Mine is basically the same, Scott. Okay. So. Greatest Showman's bottom. I have to be honest, as much as I love South Park, because of the place that it holds in my heart, I think South Park and High School Musical are tied. But I'm going to say number three, South Park. Number two, High School Musical. Number one, The Who's Tommy. Tommy, Fair enough. And I 
it but my soundtracks are a different ranking so if yeah, we want to yeah. give that like, give it quickly if you know it my soundtracks are different so it's actually number four is um high school musical number three is south park greatest showman number two is is Tommy and number one is so far. Mine's the same, Bailey. Mine's the same as yours for soundtracks. There are sure. a couple songs on and so I mean, okay, Tommy because of the album is obvious. It's my favorite album of all time. It it is my favorite soundtrack. But I listen to the album. I don't listen to Anne Margaret. I don't right, listen to right. Oliver Reed. Right, right. I listen to the album, so it's hard right. to rank that top. South Park. I, I've I've been listening to it on Spotify this week. Like that's how lame I got. It's, it's, it's not lame. It's a great. There's so, there's yeah, nothing lame about it. They're so they're so catchy. All right, y'all got that list. If you got it quick, go for it. Yeah, I don't. Want mine was the same as yours, Bailey. Mine yeah. All oh, right, right. Yeah, my mine would be. Yeah, mine. I would I would do that. I'm gonna get I bullied. Need, I'm gonna to... get bullied. No, it's okay. No, you're not. No. <laughs> okay, so my favorite. Hi, uh, my favorite soundtrack is Showman. My second favorite would be High School Musical. My third, South Park. My fourth, Tommy. Yeah. Well, and Tommy is also, because it's all one song, it's kind of hard to... Um, and Oliver Reed, you know. Okay. Um, so, do we have anything for a... LA Spotlight. Um, we do. We have a few things just to, to give a shout out to. Um, Let's if do you, it. Um, if you are um, in California mm. and you are a supporter of small theater, uh, please check out on Instagram and Twitter the hashtag SB805. It is an amendment to um, a bill um, and it will have a dramatic impact on how small theaters pay um, if they can pay, um, and it is being supported by um, all of the theater companies in Los Angeles and, and across the state, I think, but it specifically affects very small theaters. So uh, just hashtag SB805, check it out. Uh, another thing is um, uh, there's a new initiative uh, out there right now called Spotlight On. Uh, it's the love child of Ammunition Theater Company, Artists at Play, Company of Angels, and Sacred Fools, which all four of us have been involved with in some capacity. And it's in response to the theater community's call for more representation in the arts. Um, it's not just, it's going to go beyond these four theaters. This is just how it's starting. Um, but uh, follow uh, Sharing the Spotlight on Instagram, especially, they're posting a lot of cool stuff, just a lot of highlighting, just a lot of uh, artists, uh, female artists, people of color, um, etc. cetera. Uh, so please give that a big shout out. Um, and that's what I have for the spotlight. Pam, Thanks, do you Lex. have anything to plug while you're here? I got a TikTok where my dog and I sing. He's a chihuahua. <laughs> And it What's is your handle? at the Pam Quinn, and we've got some very exciting things on the horizon come yeah. June, July. What is yeah. what is this Chihuahua's name? Casper. His name's Casper. Casper. <laughs> <laughs> What's Casper like? Casper is the audience a little. <laughs> so he sings with me, and uh -huh. he likes to sing on the choruses and the verses. But I try to get him to just sing on the choruses so that I can have the verses. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a ham, and Bailey is his favorite human on the planet. 
And every huh. time I mention Bailey's name, Casper goes ape shit. And, and that's <laughs> why we have 254,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah. That, there are videos awesome. of her just like listing the cast of friends <laughs> and then and him just sitting there. And then at the end, she says Bailey and he just freaks out. Aww. Um, it's, it's very cute, it's really very fun. fun. <laughs> uh, it's because his name is Casper, I'm going to try to get him onto my haunted That's TikTok right. We wanted well. to try to figure out how to bring both of our TikToks together for the greater yeah. good. Yeah. I don't think I've talked about my Synergy. TikTok on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'll pitch it some other time. Um, you got anything else, P? No, that's that's it. Was there something Siege, else? <laughs> you got any spotlights? I don't. Not yet. Not yet. You're my spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you all. Thank you, nerds, for joining us on our bonus mini series on original movie musicals. Next week, we begin our next mini series. Obviously, covering the works of American legend Tennessee. Mother effin Williams. So I gotta write. I gotta write the next song, right? You gotta write yeah, the next you gotta, song. Yeah, you gotta write the get next to work, song. Pam, get to work. As in every miniseries, we'll have, of course, an exciting uh, song by Pam Quinn. But the name of our podcast next, or our, our miniseries next week, will be <laughs> "Cast on a Pod Ten Roof." Oh. <laughs> That's a really good one. I like that one. That's a really good one. <laughs> I dig it. I love it. I love it. Go ahead, Siege. Listen, we know y'all have questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, or maybe even praise. You can email us. You can message us on Twitter, Facebook, or IG. We always want to hear from y'all. Scott? Thank you. Um, and really, big shout out and thank you to Pam for being here and being yes. live. Thanks, she is guys. part of the show every week and writes an amazing and brilliant song. It leaves me... Um, my jaw is often often agape. Especially, especially the vibrator the song, am I right? The vibrator song. <laughs> we should mention, because we haven't said this on the pod, but she used a vibrator as a metronome. I did. It, it was, it, and it was, what was great was getting the track and dropping it into the show and like you waiting for it to start. And like, there's a lead in and I'm like, what's that fucking buzzing? What is that? Uh, oh my Lord. Like in the, re the realization was fantastic. I'm like, yes, yes. Um, we should also do a big uh, shout out to uh, the great Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme. Song. Thank you. Our theme song is better than your theme song. Um, True. To uh, Annie Baker. You know, she has a Pulitzer Prize and she writes our podcast every week. Mm -hmm. Sends it to us right before, usually. We don't have a lot of prep time. Um, I'm a good cold reader, thanks to her. Yeah. But, she's, uh, <laughs> uh, but she's amazing. And when this is all done, when I say this, I mean COVID and we all have our vaccines and Annie Baker is in Los Angeles. We will buy her a beer. We will take you out for drinks, Annie Baker, and we will get you drunk. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Please go rate, subscribe, or review, or all three, or whatever you want to do. Pam, Pam, it, Pam, Thank you so much for joining. Thank us. you for having yeah, me. It's, you guys, it's, it's great having you. And you're the so next awesome. one we're doing with you. By the way, just we might as well shout this out too. Our next fifth mini series will be movies about theater. So y'all think on that yeah, what your choices gonna are going to be. That's okay? right, that's Movies right. about theater. So now that's in a few months, but we're uh, looking forward to it. So we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to sing a musical song at the end of all the 
Should I? I can sing oh. Mr. Belvedere. Do you want me to sing Mr. Belvedere? Oh God! Yeah, that's fine. I was gonna sing something from Dogfight. I'll save that for another time. Go for it, <laughs> Belvedere. Us out. Chips on the china, never mattered before. <laughs> Who cares? As you drop, kick your jacket. As you came through the door, no one glared. But this is reminding me of the Frasier theme song. Around and no one's there. Toss salad and scramble. Life is more than mere survival. And we just might live this life. Yet. The theater, the theater. Theater, theater. To me, 